It's Amber Bradley, your host for the unscripted side of LP. It's Talk LP Podcast time. What's up, Talk LP fans? It's Amber Bradley back with another podcast. We are super stoked. Coming from NRF to welcome Dave Johnston, Vice President of Asset Protection for NRF, and Scott McBride, Chief Global Asset Protection Officer and Chief Security Officer. You know I had to look down at my notes for that, Scott, because it's long, but it's very important, and we're so excited to welcome you both to talk about some exciting news with Scott being named the new chair of the NRF Loss Prevention Council. So we're going to talk about all the goodies with that, especially vision, what's going on. What, I mean, it's an exciting time for NRF. With Dave Johnston, I mean, you're not a newbie anymore at NRF. Can we say that? Has it been a, it hasn't been a year yet. Does it feel like a year? <laughs> it, it it feels like a year, but I think, you know, look, at it, it was all coming up to NRF Protect, right? That day was circled you know, right before I started with, with the NRF. So I think everything I can do, I've probably done at least, and I can't be asked to, to, uh, you know, be the newbie on the block yeah. anymore. So um, <laughs> he's earned his stripes. Yeah. I mean, as a loss prevention <laughs> veteran anyway. Right. So I know, so that's exciting news. So many um, things going on that you're implementing changes that NRF protect all this exciting stuff. And then welcoming Scott as the new chair, which was just announced, which we're really excited to get the first, you know, kind of ideas flowing, but I'll turn it to you first, David, and then we'll turn it over to the new chair here to talk about a little um, setting the stage of kind of globally um, what you see this transition becoming and so how, how why all these people should be totally excited. Yeah, well, first again, congratulations to Scott and, and even more so, you know, on behalf of Scott, the LP Council and NRF, thanks to Dan Faggerty. Of, of Southeastern Grocers, you know, for those who may not know, you know, Dan has held the chair position for six years, um, kept us going during COVID, kept us going through a lot of changes with the NRF where they didn't have a position, my position available. So, you know, many kudos to to Dan for his leadership and and the entire LP council. And, and as you mentioned, Amber, you know, it's an exciting time for us, you know, uh, Coming off of a great NRF Protect, there's a lot of things going on in our industry. There's a lot of changes taking place in our profession. But, you know, we're really looking to constantly push forward and evolve the role of loss prevention and asset protection. Um, we stood up some new working groups during the Protect, one of them being the Fraud Prevention Professional Working Group, where we started to bring um teammates from loss prevention and payments and finance together to work on digital fraud prevention. We've got the mall and retailer partnerships going on. We also have the retail violence and the crime and policy group. So there's a lot of, of activity moving. There's a lot of engagement, a lot of excitement, and we're really happy to, uh, to continue pushing it forward. And now under Scott's leadership, I know we're going to continue to even uh, go further faster. Yeah, I think people can really see even some evolution since you came on board and what seems like a short time, um, especially as you you think about ramp up period. So it's definitely an exciting time. But Scott, over to you kind of talking about welcome to the role. And what do you what do you see as kind of the first things up on your agenda? Yeah, thanks, Amber. Thanks for having me back on the podcast. And I want to reiterate what David said uh, to thank Dan for his service. And he will still be on the EC. 
as chair emeritus for another couple of years. So we'll have him as a resource as well, which I value tremendously um, from where I sit. So um, probably the themes that I'd like to bring out today, um, having just taken over and, you know, um, are that of engagement um, and collaboration. So, and then, so on the engagement side, um, David mentioned some of the working groups, which are brand new, um, newly created, um, and our committees are reinvigorated and reconstituted with new talent um, from our council. So if we start at the highest level and we look to uh, the NRF uh, membership, um, to those retailers that have uh, people in charge of AP or LP, um, out there that are not on the council, please join the council. Like reach out, find a member that you know of, someone else in the industry that you know is a member, or just contact David at the NRF and, and we'll get you on council. That's first. Then um, consider co serving on a, on a committee and not necessarily as the chair, but as a committee member. Um, council members are permitted to sit on the committees and work on the committees to uh, further um, all of the different functions that we have stacked in our in our different committees. Uh, education and research, content for next year's NRF Protect, of course, um, uh, needs uh, people and so forth. Uh, then past that are your subject matter experts within your teams. Those are folks that are uh, emerging leaders, up-and-comers, or are in hypercritical veins of your organization that are out there doing the work, the, the work of the work to make things happen in LP and AP to protect your organization, protect your people, product and profit um, around the around the globe potentially, but in, in the United States for sure. Have them join a working group, have them be engaged and get that experience of working with other leaders within the, uh, the uh, council uh, cross-pollinate, benchmark, and contribute to the greater good. So that's that's the collaboration part or the engagement part. Um, the collaboration and network part is learn from everybody. That's the whole point of coming together is learn from them, leverage off of them, and then join forces to push the, uh, the retail uh, growth, the retail expansion, the retail... Um, as a driving force within the country, as a point of commerce and um, capitalism, um, but also as uh, a livelihood for thousands and thousands of people, um, from young people experiencing their first uh, job, uh, taking a job in a retail shop um, or stockroom, possibly, um, to executives uh, at all levels and in all different types of roles, not just asset protection, but certainly in asset protection for those of us that have been here for several decades. Uh, we've found a home and we love it. So those are probably my two biggest uh, themes that I'm trying to drive and that David's helped us and the past executive uh, committee of the council has you know, helped me design so that you know I'm starting off on the right foot. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and, and super important, but you know, from being on the podcast before, this is the unscripted side of LP. So we got to dig into what you said just a little bit. And so I'm going to get Dave's um, opinion on this and then yours, Scott, but because uh, you have really two different perspectives. I know, David, you were just talking about how grateful NRF is for all that, you know, 
retail provides into NRF and talk a little bit about if you're out there listening to this kind of and thinking, well, sure, I'd love to get involved maybe, but what, what are some key benefits that I would get, you know, Hey, I don't, it's not selfish. Everybody's busy. Right. So you have to be like, why should we do this? So David, I'm going to get your perspective from NRF and then we'll, we'll talk to Scott because he's obviously been involved as a retailer. Yeah, well, the benefits of of being part of the NRF and and the LPAP community within NRF is is as Scott had mentioned is really the collaboration, the, the ability to be able to get to um, a larger group or a larger audience. If you require benchmarking or if you're looking for a solution for something, you know, my role is one of you know kind of networker and connector. So that if there's a member who has an issue and they're not sure who to reach out to, then I could probably get them in touch with a few folks uh, in their segment or somebody who's already gone through that that issue and has a has a potential solution. But the other thing is is really to you know our focus is to continue to move the industry forward. As Scott had mentioned, you know one in four people in the U.S. work retail. You know, it's important for us to have a retail industry that's vibrant, that's sustainable, and 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 that, you know, continues to push forward. So it goes beyond just the loss prevention asset protection. And that's one of the things that, you know, I am looking at driving within the LPAP community is to get our members involved in our council and our committees also involved in additional NRF groups and coordinating um, touch bases with them, our diversity and inclusivity uh, groups. You know, Scott had mentioned something about development, and that's a key focus for us this year in LP is to get with our NRF foundation and see how we can introduce and educate more younger people to the field of asset protection. And we're going to do that using what the NRF establishes in their, their Rise Up program and their foundation. As well as with a lot of things happening right now, there's convergence and synergies. You know, NRF Protect is now cybersecurity, digital fraud, and, and asset protection. We also know there's a big place there with, with the general counsels and the risk management group at NRF and the data privacy with everything we have happening. So, you know, there's a lot that we're going to be able to contribute to the individual who supports us on the LP side, but then collectively as a retailer, mem retail member as a whole. Yeah, it's almost like a little door that opens into all of these other potential opportunities, depending on where you want to get involved and talk about, you know, if, gosh, I don't know how to solve a problem, you know, go to your peers. And this is a perfect place to do it from a retail perspective. Scott, let's get your perspective on this one. So the one of the biggest things over the 25 plus years that I've been involved in the NRF um, council is uh, the credibility factor that it gives me back here at the shop, right? So when I'm talking to the C-suite and my executive team and we're trying to solve a problem and I can reference what my peers may or may not be doing, what the industry is kind of leaning towards or away from, or where even some of the uh, the GR information we get by being an RF member, what, what, you know, how's the government helping <laughs> or are they going to or are they willing to and, and where do we stand like so are we going this alone or are we in collaboration um, with our legislative uh, partners you know in the, in the government so it gives me a huge amount of credibility when i'm speaking to um, how we're benchmarked how we sit 
on the spectrum of whatever the problem we're trying to solve um, or how big our problem is. So it, it really it really gives us that. Um, that's that's the primary uh, thing that comes to mind that's different. Um, definitely the networking and um, collaboration side of just knowing other people are in this shared um, fight, if you will, to run their organizations in a better way. Um, because in, in asset protection, slightly different, less competitive when we're talking about life safety, when we're talking about, you know, helping human beings um, come to malls, come to stores, shop, um, not get credit card fraud from the digital side, you know, all these different aspects of protecting our customers, protecting our employees, protecting each other, um, creates a, a, an increased level of collaboration over some of the more competitive departments in retail. So we, we really, I love the leverage there. And I love the fact that I have business partners in other businesses that um, are willing to trust, you know, trust me that I'm going to protect their identity and the information they're giving me. Um, and I trust them that they're not going to share my problems publicly. And, but collaboratively um, we find support from each other in that. Yeah, that's huge. Um, and, and so when you think about kind of like the change of the, of the guard, right. Um, and I'm going to go back to Scott on this one, and then I'll go over to you, David, to get more of a, a global perspective, but looking forward, right. Um, I think as, as retail and uh, people have always looked to the NRF as kind of like the staple, it's like, okay, well, what's going on there? Because they are the leader in this whole industry. Um, and you know, the LP side, it's like, gosh, there's been such an evolution, you know, and, and, and a lot of that is drawn from the push the NRF has provided. And so you think about, you know, what is on your agenda looking forward, Scott, you know, the next two years as chair, I know you guys have stood up a bunch of different things with help with, you know, pushing, uh, David pushing from the internal side, but from your perspective, from a retail, like what about the next two years? Like, what do you foresee as, you know, yeah. your top priorities and what will be different? I think that the, the stack that we've created with the committees and the uh, working groups is going to provide a tremendous uh, uh, level of value to our members and our, our council members and the member companies. It's all designed to elevate the role of asset protection, loss prevention, whoever that may be um, as the pyramid head within the organizations, within their individual organizations, so that they are seen as a well-rounded, well-informed business partner to the decision-making group, whoever that may be, whether that's a CEO that gets to make autonomous decisions, board of directors that, you know, um, takes it under advisement, or an ELT, an executive leadership team that needs to be influenced by the facts. Um, certainly, asset protection is known for the level of integrity and fact-finding and investigatory prowess that we may have to uncover what's truly out there, not just uh, what you read or what you heard. Um, it's fact-based decision-making and data-driven decision-making that's going to help us. But putting it in a context of committees and working groups that have uh, the right focus on things that are going to allow all of our members and all of our committee members to take that into their suites and to influence those decisions um, and have those companies make stronger, um, more viable decisions on how they want to run their business, opportunities are going to go after and so forth. So it's 
that's probably the biggest thing that we're trying to elevate. And this actually came from many years ago, working on an NRF Protect Content Committee, where someone asked me the question and asked the group that I was in, why is there no C-level asset protection? Why is there no C-level LP people? And I'm like, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work on that and I'm going to fix that. And so I've done that for myself. Um, I was going to say, you were like, well, I'm going to go get that. And you did. Yeah, I, I did that. And <laughs> I, I, I used some pretty uh, pretty strong negotiating skills at, at, at the right moment in time when um, people were willing to listen and, and it worked. So I want to get other people. I want to reach down. I want to lift up and I want to pull up other people as I'm making a climb so that the entire industry is, um, is advancing. That's one. The second is, I believe my personal um, goal of being in this role and part of um, being willing to take this on and represent the EC, represent the entire council, um, and, and really represent even the member retailers that are not even engaged in council because they're members, um, is I want to change the world. And I know that's kind of a uh, flowery statement, but I want to change the environment in which we all have to operate in. I want to be able to influence um, at a higher level, whether that's lobbying and um, getting legislation um, passed that's going, that we believe will help the retail industry. Definitely, that I want to help the, the security and safety aspects of any legislation that would be coming out um, and really advance the environment of how we do our work in these organizations. So I think that's aspirational, but it's worth going after and worth the, you know, the good fight to try to get to. Yeah, that's the totally agreed on all of that. I'm sure, I'm sure you can hear the clapping from my listeners, but they are, they're clapping right now because that's true. But so David, over to you on the same type of question. Um, and then, you know, expanding on what Scott was saying. Yeah, well, you know, we just came off of the protect and at protect, you know, we, we talk about the, the issues and the challenges we're facing today. Right. And we all know those ORC violence, you know, uh, even have to remember shrink. Right. Because yeah. many, many, everybody's always, uh, you know, monitored how good their shrink is. But as Scott had mentioned, it's all about advancing, advancing the, the industry. It's advancing the role of LP and AP. And, and, you know, we had, we made sure that we had speakers at protect, that looked future out and provided us with a, a different look to that where, you know, the evolution is we had in, in our executive afternoon, we talked about moving LP and AP to, you know, the principles of enterprise security risk, which is Scott mentioned is being at that seat at the table, talking about business risk from a strategic standpoint, not reactive when it's happening already, because in many cases, our members are already there. When the issue is going on, there's no one better than the LPAP professional be sitting at that table and, and even leading the charge. But let's talk about strategic risk. Let's talk about the future risk to the business and how we can move that business forward. So, you know, there was a lot of conversation on that. And it gets into a lot of the areas where, you know, we have to think globally to act locally. And, and it's an interesting story is actually, you know, how... Scott and I formed our relationship was, you know, I too sat on the council and yet when I was, you know, with the restaurant brand, 
Scott and I didn't interact very much because we didn't have very much in common, but it was through our, our global security needs or the roles we had from a global perspective where we built our relationship going to OSAC and going to DSAC. And as I was building my program, I could call him and others who have already built the program. Uh, so it's that kind of movement forward. And, and that's really the, 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 the true essence of the LP council and involved with the NRF is again, I myself in a restaurant brand was able to leverage Scott and others, not because of loss prevention, but more so because of corporate security, global security or enterprise risk. And, and that's where we want to move this forward to get, you know, to get the LP position at that C-suite level. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think everybody can agree with that. And you saw that with COVID, right? You saw that with everyone didn't know what to do in this, you know, global pandemic that is so focused on keeping your employees safe and your customers safe. And who do they turn to? The LPAP folks. I mean, they're like, oh my gosh, if they weren't at the table, then they're bringing them in, which is, you know, a perfect indication of where they should be in the organization and, as a whole. And, and now, and now it's up to the LPAP, you know, leadership leaders to be at that table informing the business about the next COVID, nice. about the next key issue of what's going to be the great impact, whether it be whether it be a war in the Ukraine or challenges in in China, the South China Sea or Taiwan, or issues in Mexico with drug cartels to the next pandemic. You know, that's where, you know, my personal goal and me being in this role is number one, to advocate and serve the membership. But number two is to help lead them to drive them into that advancement and evolution. Well, you guys are the perfect people for these roles. I'm telling you. Uh, not that my opinion means anything, but that's just where I'm at. Okay. We wouldn't be uh, doing our audience any justice. So last question, but we have to get your perspectives. So we've got, you know, Talk LP, we're all about takeaways, all about people rewinding. Um, perspectives on key threats and risks. I know, obviously, if you were at Protect, you're kind of already, you, you got them know, going from the sessions that were there. But for those that weren't, maybe, Scott, talk a little bit about what your thought is on the horizon of this question as the chief security officer. And then we'll um, head it over to David as, as NRF's perspective. Go ahead. Sure. So first, first and top of mind is the ongoing battle that, you know, we talked about a lot this week and we'll continue to work towards on battling ORC. Right. Organized retail crime in its many forms, um, it is now morphed into multiple facets that use similar tactics um, to create a um, reverse uh, supply chain that's feeding a criminal enterprise. OK, so that is going to be an ongoing um, battle. Um, we have a lot of great work that's been done and many irons in the fire, um, so to speak, to uh, improve the uh, environment in which we operate in to get it to a better place. So that's going to be the ongoing primary risk that every retailer is going to face at some point in time if they haven't already and they're already in it. So that's that's number one. I think the, the second piece of where um, all of our constituents are really looking towards and, and need to continue to um, educate and learn and grow in, and that is the inter enterprise risk management function and the different facets that that brings just over, that brings in over top of your tactical strength programs, 
your, um, you know, in-store programs that we've all lived with for, you know, since I believe, David, you said 1901 um, when the NRF was formed. But um, these are a, a layer in which we're using intelligence um, and a huge amount of technology applied to these problems, uh, intelligence gathering, to try to um, be ahead of the game and turn the needle to the proactive side even more so than we already have. Um, and there's, there's real world examples out there of being able to uh, detect anomalies in, uh, in a metro area down to potentially a city block of using uh, predictive analytics and futuristic technologies, machine learning and AI in a way, not in a bad way, of copying your voice print and making nefarious posts, but in a good way of being able to uh, almost predict where the next thing's going to happen, and you can call your people and you can get them out of the way. I think those are the those are two of the biggest things that we are pressing or, or should be pressing towards as each each individual organization. If you're a small retailer, you're going to be into it a little bit, and if you're a, a much larger one with more resources, you're going to be into it deep. Um, and and wide, and those are some of the futuristic plays that are going to manifest over the next three to five years. And you're going to be differentiated in the marketplace by how well you do those and how well you've come along that journey. Um, whether that's in the totality of your company success or in the evaluation of your own program of how well you're keeping up with the competition in those benchmarks. Yeah, those are some great points. I mean, you think about all this AI and how you operationalize it and all this kind of stuff. And you're like, man, it seems like technology is on warp speed, right? I mean, my daughter laughs at me when I said I didn't even have a cell phone in college. And now we're talking about, you know, putting in chat GPT, like your whole strategy for your business. And you're like, that's, that's not too far off. I mean, what's going on? So incredible points there for sure. So Okay, over to you, uh, David, and we'll talk about more NRF's perspective, and then we'll uh, close her out. Yeah, I think it it kind of continues the with what Scott had mentioned, where you know the threats and the risks to retail are, are relatively going to always be the same, right? There's a loss of product, there's the safety and security of of, of employees and customers, but the attack vectors. And and being able to identify them a lot sooner is where we have to get better at. And we have to look at, you know, again, it goes back to that collaboration and it's collaboration internally with our cross-functional teams as we talk more with with our IT security folks and our IT folks and and building innovation with our solution providers and and keeping them on the cutting edge of what's next and what's going to be out there. But also, and Scott alluded to this, is also expanding out beyond what we know today in the retail environment, are there other applications in other industries and even beyond military um, that can work for us and help us to adapt and evolve to what we need to to kind of identify those potential threats and risks or or at least the the vectors of which they're going to attack us? 
Yeah, it's it's incredible how serious all of this is, right? And and if you're looking around as a listener and you're like, well, I don't have any resources. I mean, to be honest, in the unscripted fashion, like it's on you, right? Because you got to get involved in organizations like NRF. I think both of you have laid out a perfect plan of how to do that, even if they don't know how, right, David? They could just send you an email. Hey, here, I don't know what I'm doing, yeah, but just, help me. You know, Johnston with a T D at <laughs> NRF.com, you know, and, and I'll take care of it. But, uh, you know, you, you, you're, you're right about that, Amber, you know, the last thing, you know, we, we were fortunate enough to have the deputy director of CISA at protect. And I think that's, that's a key because whether it be the cyber side or the physical side, you know, retail is a critical infrastructure. Uh, and even if you get into and expand beyond, you know, the retail segments, we have the wireless communication segment, we have the grocery and food segments, which even come into bigger play, the mall and shopping centers are the larger safer places initiative. So, you know, we sit at the hub of the US, you know, private sector. And in many instances, private sector security is becoming national security. You know, there are more people that are interested in our economy, in our technology, in our innovations, and in our information. And, and I think that we have to be prepared, you know, for that. Yeah, the front line, as it were. I mean, I, that's that's where we're at. So, okay, we're wrapping it up. Scott, congratulations. We're Thank looking you. forward to uh, the big things you will bring to this. Um, and we will include both of your contact information in the show notes down below. So they have no excuse, right guys? They've got to get involved. Obviously you've laid out a wonderful case. Congratulations, Scott. And David, you're doing a phenomenal job over at NRF. What my kudos mean, there you go. <laughs> so uh, Well, I appreciate it, Amber. We appreciate your support. You've always been there for us and thank you. Well, it's been awesome. Great job on Protect. Super stoked to uh, co-moderate with Linda Campbell, the, the women's chair of the uh, Women in LP Council. So, all right, guys, we're closing it out. Thank you so much for listening to Talk LP. Download the Talk LP News app. Why not? When we're talking about resources, why not? All right, guys, thanks so much for listening. See ya.